When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, people. Happy Friday. This is the Socially Distant Sports Bar. It's another one of our guest episode weeks. And this week, the guest is Richard Herring from Rahalusta Podcast. Uh, Richard was good enough to have us on his podcast. One of the first people to give us a, a real bunk up into the industry, if you like. One of the first people uh, who went, yeah, cool. I like those guys. I'll have them on. Which was absolutely a delight to be on. Sent Richard an email saying, would you like to come on ours? And within about five minutes, reply in the inbox going, absolutely love to. No problems at all. When do you want to do it? So Richard has picked some clips for us. Uh, we've picked some clips for Richard as well. There's a lot about snooker, a lot about Sabutio, a lot about um, supporting York City across the two parts of this episode. If you haven't listened to part one, head back to uh, Wednesday's episode on the feed. Uh, if you have listened to Wednesday already, then sit back, relax and enjoy part two after these adverts. If you want to listen to the extra half hour, then that is on our Patreon, patreon.com slash distantpod. Download the episode there and listen to it. If that's all you want from us, pay four quid for the month, plus VAT, and then get rid of your Patreon. That's fine. We, no problems at all with doing that. That's all good. And if you prefer Spotify rather than the Patreon app and then get the RSS code and put it into uh, your feed because that doesn't work with Spotify. If you prefer the Spotify app, go to Spotify, search for the Socially Distant Sports Bar Extra. Again, feel free to do the same there. If you just like Richard and you don't want to hang around for the rest of the content from us, that's okay. But there's half an hour more of Richard that is over there. So search for the Social Distance Sports Bar Extra. Search on Patreon for Distant Pod, and you will find the bonus half-hour content. For now, though, enjoy part two after these adverts. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting. How do I change that? How do I move that? I forgot to cancel that. And lots of the time we keep it bottled up. And whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a safe space to get those things off your chest so whether it's like coming up with plans to to organize your life a little bit better or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with if you're thinking of giving therapy a try better help is a great option 
It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash distant. You sent over a clip for this one as well. Well, what's your? Because this, this one, I wasn't expecting it when I started pressing play. This made me laugh this is so funny much. It's probably, depending on how you look at it, the worst slash best free kick <laughs> in the history of football. <laughs> I don't know many details of this. Unfortunately, it's a Cheltenham Town game. It's Cheltenham Town taking the free kick, and it's one of those super elaborate run-ups that it looks more like ballet than football until the ball is kicked. It's almost like the red arrow, like a human version of red arrows. And you think, as you're watching it, the first time I saw it, I thought, oh my God, if he pulls this off, if if the person who eventually takes a free kick scores, this is going to be my favourite goal of all time. And then he balloons it into Roku. And you think, did they try that on the training ground? Has it ever worked? (laughs) <laughs> did they at any point feel stupid? Because they're trying to bamboozle the wall and trying to bamboozle the goalkeeper because there's five or six mm. of them running up to take the shot and they're all running off in different directions. I think even if you've never seen football and even if you don't like sport, you can find this funny because it's, I just think it's inherently comic. Can you imagine, right, if that was your team, the fucking stick <laughs> that the other team's fans would give you and you've got yeah, nowhere yeah. to go with yeah. this of you? Yeah. They would be pissing themselves laughing. Imagine this was a Cardiff Swansea game. That was a Cardiff free kick. Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. that. But the, but the crowd noise. We're doing it in a cup final. Crowd noise is perfect British sport crowd noise as well. Yeah. Of just. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love things that go disastrously wrong. It's also that it's just. It's the last guy who takes it, isn't it? Mm. So it's not even yeah. like. After three have gone past to go, oh, okay, they're all just running. But it, like, it's got to be the fourth one or the. It's, it can't be the last yes, one because yeah, that's there's, there's no, no element of surprise. Yes. <laughs> this is going okay. There's only one left. It's if you're going to do, and do they even run? If they ran like wildly in different directions, so you having to go where fuck where are they gone? <laughs> they just sort of peter out, don't they? Yes. Uh, maybe I've. Missed. Or the first bloke just loops around the back and just <laughs> yeah. joins the back of the queue again. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going like a gym class. <laughs> and he gets he gets right under the ball. Mm. <laughs> like he just balloons it over the bar. It. It's more like uh, like a penalty or a conversion in rugby than in the free kick. Yeah. <laughs> it goes nowhere near the goal. He's leaning no, it's back. straight either. It's not no. straight, yeah. But it's... working on the principle that he's the one who's taking it. So in training, he's the best one at free kicks, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about what he's doing has changed. He's having a run-up and kicking a ball. <laughs> Everybody else is yeah. doing other stuff. That's fine. But that shouldn't 
make it so shit. <laughs> it's, it's almost impossible to have missed by that much. You're a Deadpool yeah, specialist. You're the yeah. best one at it. It's almost like he's he's realised it wasn't him who was meant to take <laughs> it. He's forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then he's gone, oh, fuck, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> what a time to take my first free kick. <laughs> Oh, God. It must be me now. <laughs> the guy who was going to take it's gone fourth and just run over it because oh, he got carried away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very funny. It's a horrendous free kick. I'm watching it now. I think that the, the decoy runners are getting in his way <laughs> as well. I just think it's, it's an absolute... Car crash. <laughs> That's it. Is just thinking of them planning it and then and then them being really pleased about. Yeah. What I'm thinking here it comes. Here it comes. We've been planning it. <laughs> 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 oh. It's just it is sort of perfect com- comedy. It's absolutely perfect comedy. Can you imagine <laughs> sticking out of his own players as well? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, you fucking dong. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> At some point though, when they were coming up with this in training. There must have been dissenting voices. There always are. Is this definitely a good idea? We haven't scored one in training yet. Do we need to do this? Do we need the nine step overs, boss? Gaffer, do we need yeah. the nine step overs? <laughs> nine. <laughs> no one else does this. Are we? Are we pioneers? There's a very thin line between madness and genius. Don't you worry. It's never been seen before. If we pull this off, oh, it's very, very funny. <laughs> I, I remember at school, one of our PE teachers had come up with a sort of shortened line-out move, and he was massively excited about it. But all of us as players were just embarrassed by it as an idea. I think we, we, yeah. you'd have like a two-man line-out. We'd all run backwards, and the hooker would chuck it to the scrum half running down. The, and, and it was just, it yeah. just felt cheap. But he was so enamoured by it as a thing that every time we were close to the line, he would just be like, come on, come on, try, try the move, guys, try the move. We like, no, I, don't, I just don't think it's the right time, well, sir. The thing is that those things take a disproportionate amount of time to plan. Yes. And they almost never work. So you, you could have been doing other stuff that would have helped you to win the game. Or just practising better yeah, line Basic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Being better at the original. Yeah. Can, you, can you hook a throw in? Not oh, really. That's no. why we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Could we not work on like his throwing? What if free kicks like they're pretty shit? All right, what if we do like eight step overs? Then he'd be really shit. Come on, boys, let's practice. <laughs> Tim, jump. Steve, jump. Harry, jump. Harry, what the fuck? <laughs> do you want to come and see the socially distant sports bar live? Of course you do. You're listening to the socially distant sports bar. You like the socially distant sports bar. Maybe you've seen us before live. Maybe you came to our theatre tour. Maybe you came to the International Arena or maybe you've been to one of our um, recordings that we've done in London. We did a cracking one a few weeks back with Gordon Smart, which will be coming out as an episode very soon. We are doing a live show in November. Um, It's part of a festival called The Cheerful Earful. Do you see what they've done? It's pretty clever. It's at the Clapham Grand on Saturday, November the 4th. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. Which means that after we've recorded, there will probably be some beer action as well, I would have thought. Uh, Maybe not for me, but Mike will definitely have a beer with you. If you want to come and see us live, there is a link in the episode description for this episode. So have a look on your phone, click on the episode description, and jump on board there. Click on it, buy yourselves a ticket. If you are a Patreon or a Spotify extra 
have a look on the Patreon app. There was a message that I sent out to you guys or have a look on the Patreon Facebook group. There's a message on there with a code that gets you the tickets for cheaper. We've also tried to cut the costs on this one as much as we can. So we work with the guys at Cheerful Earful. They are a cracking bunch of people. So the costs of this show are less than the shows we've been doing recently. The ticket prices are low. We're taking a bit of a hit, I'll be honest with you. Look, we could set it super high and then make it not affordable for you guys to go, or we're just taking the mickey out of you guys. We don't want to do that. So we've dropped the prices on this one. So compared to the other cheerful, earful ticket sales that you might see out there, our prices are very low. They've helped cut us some costs as well here and there. So thank you to those guys. But this is as cheap as we can go with a ticket, okay? So it will probably increase as time goes on. So if you don't buy them now, come September, we're probably going to have to hike the prices up, okay? So we're trying to do you a favor. I hope. Anyway, we're trying to we're trying to make it fair. That's the phrase I'm looking for. We're trying to make the ticket prices fair. So if you look on the episode description, there is a link there. Go buy yourself some tickets. Saturday, November the 4th, 2.30 p.m. at the Clapham Grand. We will see you there. Right, my clip for this takes us full circle to your snooker table behind you. This <laughs> is one of the many that you will find of Richard playing snooker against himself. Oh, my goodness. Hello, ball bags. I can't believe it's two weeks since we last did this. It feels like it comes around quicker every time. Uh, we were doing a rahalas but this time last week. But welcome. We're finally there. We've hit the maximum break. It's frame 147. Yeah, I had a good go there. Hadn't so far. Honours are even. One shot each, nil all. But me one wants to change that. Oh, that was, that's what, look at that. And the way he nudged the pink there, not quite into position. I think he's going to go for it anyway. Oh, I think he thought it was a touching ball, but it wasn't a touching ball. So me one gets one and me two gets six because he just pushed away. That was a very foolish play from me one. Oh, oh no, me too. Came so close to the pot in the black, but then everything got knocked around. Me too gets a one point for putting the red, but gives away seven, because of course he was on the black when he made that error. It's 25 plays 16, me one. Me one could win this now. This would be an amazing, can he get 18 points? He's won it and he's on the black. I think he's a worthy winner. Can he get a break of 18 to end on? You know he can. And me one has won this thing by, he's got 50 points, almost exactly what Sybil predicted, to 29. Again, this gives me flashbacks to being a kid <laughs> and having a small snooker table in the same way the cricket has sent me back there. I fucking, I don't know why. Right, so, I, I, right. so the concept <laughs> of you playing snooker against yourself and then putting it on the internet is weird anyway. Okay, so, so th yeah. there's... You're having some kind of issue. I watched this, so I'm having even more of a yeah. problem in my life than you are in yours. Exactly. Well, that's sort of part of the point. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of points to it. I, I kind of just, it was sort of a, I mean, there's a couple of things I do are, are more kind of art than comedy. The nightmare now would be if I named one of your comedy projects <laughs> and you said, no, that, no, that's comedy. That's not art. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's I think it's funny. It's funny because it's funny because I'm wasting my time. It's funny if you're listening, you're wasting time. The original idea, I think, was to try and lose 
it was a point when I put a podcast out and it would go straight to the top of the podcast charts because there weren't that many. It was still, it's that old. And so I was trying to see if I could lose absolutely every listener. And to the idea of doing, it started off because I was playing the backstage at some comedy club. There was a snooker table and I started playing myself and, I'm, and commentating on Twitter. And I just noticed how people were getting, I say me one now. And, you know, people were going, come on me one or come on me two on Twitter, not watching mm. it, you know, just some me saying what was happening. And I just thought, well, that's kind of interesting and funny and sort of says something about sport, about the nature of sport, that it's sort of so arbitrary that you could have a man playing himself and people would still start preferring one to the other. But I also like the fact that it wasn't... So there's a lot of things I like about it. I love the fact that, to begin with, it, it was never filmed. It was an audio thing. Yeah. So it was yeah. a man who couldn't play snooker, playing himself at snooker, uh, and couldn't didn't really know the rules yeah. of snooker properly, <laughs> and, and, and having to commentate on it as well. So badly commentated, badly mm. playing... A man against himself. As an art project, I thought that was interesting, and as a comedy project, I thought that was interesting. And then, w- would people get interested if you if you just sort of gave you know the the slight characters to the guys, and would people stay listening to it? Uh, and and it's you know it got to this. I, I got invited to the Transgressive Art Festival where I had to I had played like a five frame match <laughs> between the two players. Everyone else, literally everyone else at the Transgressive Art Festival was nailing their dick to a piece of wood or making their vagina. <laughs> Saying the woman before me was pulling baby teeth out of her vagina, right? That was her act. And people sat and watched my thing. A lot of the artists came and sat and watched and walked out in disgust. (laughs) 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 A, I think they thought it wasn't transgressive art, but B, they were so, you know, it was boring. It was actually quite an, it was a, it was a time. The final frame was tight. So it was a very, very exciting thing. But I think also you don't see much sport where someone who isn't very good at it is playing it, which is sort yeah. of more interesting than someone who is, you know, snooker's quite a boring game to watch because you know up to a certain extent they're almost certainly going to pop mm. that. or they, that Once they get on the table, that guy's going to get 100 break here unless something goes really, really wrong. So, like, it's interesting to watch someone who, uh, uh, listen to someone who isn't very good at it. So there was a lot of things going on with it. And I just, and, and then it's the, the longer it goes on, the more ridiculous it is, you know, and the idea of who's going to win is based on when I die and who's ahead when I die. This speaks to a little, uh, I know it's a comedy thing, but I, I was fascinated with philosophy and ethics when I, when I did a, my sports degree. And I, they, I'm quite fascinated with those two subjects anyway. Yeah. This speaks to what it is, and this, this sounds really wanky and deep, right? Good. But what self is, almost. Yeah. Do I mean, do you ever think, I've read books on this, right, uh, where... Mike Stone. No, no, well, they say that you're basically, <laughs> we're just mind machines. There's a quite a, uh, a fairly well-researched school of thought that says that essentially, like with a crime, you, there's no such thing as crime because you can't have a guilty mind. You can only do what your brain tells you to do. So are you, are you deciding what to do, right? Right. Or are what we just... Was this, was this your defense in court? Well, no, do you know you're scratching your beard right now? <laughs> yes. No, you didn't. Well, no, I did because I can see the camera. I can see myself. Well, okay, it. yeah, but <laughs> and you it's, do it's things like all the thing, time, and I've decided that's my thing. You do things all the time. You know, I'll sit here and I'll say, "I'm going to pick that phone up now. I'm going to pick that phone up. I'm going to pick it up." But I don't know when I'm going to pick it up. I do. Of course you do. Because you just no, you don't. Though, think about it. You don't. <laughs> you don't. What, what, how do you, I don't understand. Right, decide to do something, but don't do it. <laughs> okay, cool. No, but you, this is what I'm saying. So, like, okay, I'm, go on. Go on. All right, I won't have a shower. Good. Okay. There you go, you're not. Ever, okay. 
Don't do it then. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, hang on. It's extreme. You say, I think you what now. I'm saying is, what part, what part of it is free will and what part of it is not free will? Okay. So when, you're playing, when you're playing yourself in snooker, yes. it's, it, yeah. it seems like a throwaway thing, right? But you're trying to pop that ball, right? Okay, yeah. There'll be, yeah. There'll be an element of you yes. that wants you to miss that. Yes. Because you want to pop the neck, you want to pop that ball. That's what I find. Are there any moments where you rig it? Where you go, fuck it, me one's losing today. No, there's not. They're absolutely not. And it's sort of, and it is, that's really important to it. It's not York City playing Sabutio. It is when I'm each version, You're I in am it. trying to win for that version. I prefer me too. I like me too better than me I one. prefer me but, too. But, mm. but, uh, but he, do, he, is a, he is ahead at the moment, but it's not. That's not bias. They absolutely both have to play. And, you know, at one point I thought I should have a different playing style. Then I said, no, it's kind of funnier if they think there's a different play style, but it's literally me playing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm split, I'm splitting between the two. I mean, I did, in lockdown, I did like tournaments with 30, mm. I think up to 40 different versions yeah. of my, myself. So so like we did like long tournaments and I, I split into different things. But it is about the futility of sport. It's about the pointlessness of supporting anything. It's about the futility of any sport because it's just, it doesn't really matter who wins. And, if, and, and it's about... You know your greatest opponent being yourself, and you can you can't actually beat. If I if I'm a footballer, I tell myself I love sport. I love playing football, right? Yes. Yeah. So what I need to do to be to do that for a living is spend eight hours a day practicing football. Why don't I do that? Well, I want to be a footballer, right? And I'd love to have that lifestyle. I'd yeah. love to be good at football. Yeah. You, you're so 50. why don't I just do that then? Yeah. No, but when I'm, when I'm twenty, right? Why don't I just do it? I, I don't know. Well, no, it's, no, 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 just genuinely, I don't, nobody, know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't. Yeah, but nobody knows. It's, it's the interesting thing, isn't it? Well, because but for most people, you know that you wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, you wouldn't make it. That's the thing. So there's no point yeah. in spending eight hours a day doing it. There's no point. I, you know, I, I've not got any better at snooker as a result of playing. Haven't you? My, I don't think so, no. If you practice for eight hours a day at any sport that had a, a decent sort of uh, number of people playing it professionally, you could you could do that for a living. You would certainly be an awful lot better at the sport you enjoyed if you did it for eight hours a day. Yeah, you know, you'd, I think if I played snooker eight hours a day, I'd get better at snooker. If it was on a full-size table that didn't didn't bend. Well, so what I'm saying is that if you really, really wanted to be a snooker player and you knew that you had to put... I don't want to be a snooker Well, exactly, but if you did want to be a snooker player... <laughs> I'm the world champion of self-playing snooker, so I'm, I'm, there's nowhere, there's nowhere for me to go. For instance, right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm out of shape, I'm overweight, and I'm not, I'm not fit at the moment, right? I know what I need to do. I need to eat less, and I need to exercise more, right? Yeah. And I really want to do that because I like to be in shape for the kids, and shape for myself, and shape for Kelly, and feel better, and get my shirts on, and put my clock, nice clothes like that I can't wear at the moment. I'd love to do that. Okay, right? It's quite a long way down that list, but go on. <laughs> no, but I, there's lots of stuff that I want to do. Yeah. And. And to do that, I need to get in shape. Right. So I really want to do that. But I don't do that. Yeah, but it's short-term versus long-term pleasure, isn't it? Because not eating an Easter egg in front of the mm. telly is not pleasurable. It's like um, going for a long run or doing exercise initially, especially when you're at the beginning of your fitness journey, is unpleasant. Mm. So it's not that you don't want to do it. You do want to do it, but you do want to do it enough to do it with it being an unpleasant. Well, yeah, but enough enough compared to who? I think that you're right about the subconscious mind. You know, like I'm the same. I'm exactly the same as you at the moment. Like, the, a couple of years ago, I got really fit and I was really, it was after I had my cancer. I decided, you know, I really had an impetus to get fit and I really got fit. I got properly fit, mm. you know, as fit as I could be. And now I still want to do that, but I don't do it. And there is, you know, and there'll be an element where I get through the whole day. And at the end of the day, it is like another version of myself. That's what I'm on, saying, yeah. No, I'm, I'm eating this bag of crisps. So it, it, there is, it absolutely is about that. It's about how both those elements. So I think that, you know, there's a lot more to this. And I think people don't, 
It's because it's me yes. doing it. People don't take yeah. it seriously, you know. Don't they think? It, and because I'm not, because I wouldn't sit down and go, "Oh, well, here's the uh, deep philosophy of this." And I'm not going to explain it to you, but I am doing now. <laughs> but you know, it is, it, it is, it is about that, about that, uh, you know, that duality and that they're both parts. You know, the me one and me two are sort of like me now and me twenty years ago. So like me one's happily married and a family man, and me two's, you know, the the, the living the life I would have left, led if I hadn't met my wife is sort of the idea so there was like jokes about me too occasionally sleeping with me one's wife you know <laughs> yeah, when yeah. She, without her knowing and that sort of stuff but and, and there can only be one of you in there at a time but you are influenced by those things and there's parts of you so it's kind of quite nice to factor it into 40 although they're often just uh, me doing do bad accents yeah <laughs> Go back to your one with the Easter egg, Al. Talk about free will. Yes. At some level, your body wants the pleasure of that Easter egg, right? Yeah. It'll taste nice. It'll make you feel nice, right? The lighting in Mike's room has changed. Yeah, I noticed that too. (laughs) Some part of you will want that Easter egg. Looks like Garth Marenghi, you know, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) See? So part of you wants the Easter egg. Yeah. So you have the Easter egg. Right. Right? Go for a run after the Easter egg. You'll be fine. You'll be not denying yourself the Easter egg. No, no, that's what I mean. Like, I went, I went for a run yesterday, and then I had two of those double Snickers bars. Yeah. Both. Done it, didn't I? So a quadruple Snickers. Yeah, so I had four Snickers. What? Yeah, but I could do that, but I don't want to do that. Okay. But I want to be in shape and eat the Snickers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 kind of. <laughs> I'll, send you, I'll send you some reads. I'll send you some reads. I think I'm all right. Moving away from the duality of man for yes, a second. just for a minute. Rich, have you had any sort of interest from the actual professional official snooker community? A little bit. So, like, I did so – so a, a channel invited me to come and play against a professional guy, and again, my, my memory's so bad, enough, so I've forgotten his name as well. Um, but so, so I went down and played a, a match on a full-size snooker table against a professional snooker right. player. I literally potted nothing. <laughs> yeah. You've got the subutio of snooker tables, that's why. Isn't it bears no resemblance to a snooker table. Yeah, this has got like curves and also, you know, I used to I did play snooker for a while on full size tables as a kid, uh, as a teenager, and I probably got like I probably got like it's too hard, isn't it? For, forty or thirty five or forty. Oh that's decent. That's decent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, was, yeah, I yeah. got to a point where I was okay, but I can't I can't play on you know, I haven't done played on a big table since. And it's sort of not the point. But yeah, even he they, he in the end he left them, he said, Let's make it a black ball. All on the black ball. He put the black ball right by the pocket, and I Damn potted Taylor. it. But then the but then the cue ball went in. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of went all the way around the table and went in. So you know. So but yeah, the occasion I get someone's in, keeps inviting me to the tournaments, mm. like from an official thing. So there's a little bit, but not really. And then recently, Stephen Hendry has recently just done Stephen versus Hendry yes. video on YouTube. So he's he's. I mean, no, I don't think he's seen me do it and decided to copy it. I think he's doing what we all did, which was we all played mm. ourselves at, at snooker. You know, that's what you do. I'll tell you who played. It was Anthony Hamilton. That is correct. The, the greatest nickname in the world of the Sheriff of Pottingham, which was <laughs> just oh, a, come on. Oh, there's some terrible ones. There's some terrible ones. 00147. Early on, though, what I had was a guy who was in the Olympic squad for, I want to say, something to do with archery, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think it was archery. Okay. And he said, as a result of listening to my podcast, he then practiced me one versus me two yeah. at archery, uh, and that that really helped him. Got a gold yeah. answer. Oh, wow. Got a gold answer. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so like my, my method has been used by Olympians, and I use it for when I when I was running like more regularly than I am, and when I was pre- training for 
half marathon things, I would do like I would do part run one week as uh, me one and one week as me two, or I would do I would alternate the runs uh, as me one and me two, so that you're then competing against yourself, and it really worked as a way to make yourself mm. run faster because you as me one you fucking hate. Have you ever killed a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> you hate me too so you want to beat me too so until you get to the point where you can't regularly beat yourself you uh you know it works as it yeah. works it's it's a sport. It's a sport. the transgressive arts festival i never heard of that so no. they they heard the podcast and thought this, this is, is transgressive art yeah we should invite richard herring yeah. and some transgressive artists thought that you're Snooker wasn't transgressive enough and walked out beyond the pale. <laughs> I don't know if it, I think it was either too boring for them or too or not what they wanted, and so like it, it offended them in a way that nothing else offended anyone else because wow. of, so I was the only truly transgressive person. <laughs> yeah, at the festival of transgressive art, you know, it sort of is because it's about. I mean, it's something we've you know I think Stuart and I have always done. It's about playing with the idea. Of, of boredom it's about playing with the idea of doing something repeatedly so I, with, I do the thing where I clear stones off my Again, uh, yes, field amazing. and I do that as a podcast yes. and that but that's a that's man versus nature you see that's man that's man trying to prove his superiority to nature and failing yeah. because there's what I the task I've set myself is impossible so I really feel that that as a comedic exercise it's fascinating because you've got to do the same thing and make it boring or interesting or boringly interesting enough that people will keep listening to it but it created, but by doing that same thing over and again, it created like a religion, a kind of paranoia. It's a really fascinating, again, like more theatrical than comedic, but I think people, do, and, and a lot of people listen to it to go to sleep. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, I think it's, I think these are two of my absolute favorite projects I do. I think they're two of the really the most interesting mm. things I do. It's never been picked up really by, I think Alex Horn once said the, the Stone Clearing was his favorite podcast in a, in a, in a newspaper interview or something, but it's, they're, they're, very underground, mm. but they're both they're both actually tackling really big themes by doing something ridiculous. And exactly what you say, Steph, that just by participating yeah. in it, you, you're participating by watching it and you're wasting your own life and wasting your own time and thus a part of yeah. the, the art of it. The people who get it, I mean, absolutely fucking get it and love it and are obsessed with it and will watch it every week. And it's a little community. I like it. It's a little community of people on Twitch who always get together. They all know each other. They have the in-jokes about my bin being open or not and right. all sorts of things. And then they bet on the results, you know, and, and, and it's, it, and, and, and so it becomes like a, like a real, both of these things become like a, a real thing to people. Because it is, you know, theoretically, it is no different to me investing that amount of time watching the World Championship. Yeah, exactly. Because, it, because I've got the same level of investment in it. And yeah. arguably, arguably no no more or less ridiculous. And, you know, you, you've just made, you've made your choice. And I try to do comedy around it. And I think the you know, I think when certainly with the lockdown tournaments, mm. when it became all these different characters that I couldn't really do or that, you know, with, <laughs> there's, there's me 11 is female. And, you know, and is me just me making no effort to look female, but, you know, it's, it's all the commentators make sort of sexy comments about her and she gets up <laughs> and I interview her and I try and I keep on sort of flirting with her and she gets annoyed with it and she wants to be taken seriously <laughs> and she does very well. She did, she's got to the, in all the tournaments, I think she might have done this, she got to the semi-final of nearly all the tournaments. So maybe, you know, you don't know whether there's any unconscious bias in there or not really, but uh, <laughs> it is a really in interesting thing to do. That's what I love about podcasts mm. is you can have a podcast that's successful and makes money and is and, and lots of people listen yeah. to, and you can do a podcast that is just exactly what you want to do, and that most people are going to go, well, you know, I, I, you know, any of these things I'm doing really, apart from Rahulistaba, you think, how does anyone get into this? 
without going back to the beginning and starting. And then now there's, you know, the the snooker, we didn't, and they're not all up because I didn't put the tournaments up, but, you know, there's 165 regular frames between me one and me two, plus some extras. And, you know, you'd have to be pretty committed to listen to 165 of them in a row, you know, like not, <laughs> at least it's... i got some food for thought yeah. for us here. I'm going to say. Oh, here we go. So that's with free will is an illusion. Our wills are simply not of our own making. Thoughts and intentions emerge from background causes of which we are unaware and of which we exert no conscious control. We do not have the freedom that we think we have. And as uncomfortable as this may be, it's very much consistent with modern neuroscientific research. So decisions in the brain occur before you are conscious of them. In a famous experiment in the 1980s, physiologist Benjamin Libet used an electroencephalogram to demonstrate that activity in the brain's motor cortex can be detected 300 milliseconds before a person feels they've decided to move. Though it should be noted, recent appraisal of the Libet study calls its finding into question. In another study, subjects were asked to press one of two buttons while watching a clock composed of a random sequence of letters on the screen. The experiment has used functional magnetic MRI, basically, to show the two brain regions contained information about which button subjects would press a full seven to ten seconds before the decision was consciously made. So what it's saying is, we act before we know we're acting. There we go. Yes, Look I, it up. I think that's true. And but, yeah, but also you are it correct that we are beholden to our own... It's a defence you, know, you might need in the future with, with, with all these... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but like as, a, as a comedian, you kind of wonder where your ideas come from sometimes, right? And sometimes it yeah. feels like it's not it's not come from you. It's not you, yeah. But, you know, that's what I like. All this duality stuff that I do with the puppets... The stuff the the puppet show is fascinating because like if you get really into it and it sort of is me one versus me two as well. If you get really into it, the puppet does start saying stuff that you're not actually anticipating. See? You know, it's ad libbed enough that it's actually yeah, yeah. surprising you. Sometimes I forget something and the puppet knows what I'm, knows what it is. I forget the name of something. The puppet will go this, so the puppet knows. In the same way, when you're doing a quiz, you stop thinking about the thing and then it pops into your head, right? You know, if you if you're thinking about it. You can't think of the name of, you know, who who's the host of Telly Addicts or whatever. And if you stop thinking about it, <laughs> you Edmonds. suddenly think, Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. Sorry, I didn't even know I said that. That was too easy. Didn't you? I wanted to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been interested in that. And I think, you know, but I think sport, it does come back to sport. And sport is this duality and it's a something versus something. And it seems very straight down the line. But there's so much going on in fandom and like fans who misunderstand you know in a way sport should be the greatest thing on the planet and in some ways it is because it's allows you to channel all that all the tribal stuff and all the aggression and all the against each other and it doesn't fucking matter mm. right at the, at the end of the day you can get really into it you go yes we want justice justice, justice. <laughs> and then it's over uh, but the problem is some people even with that some people will take it to the extent that this matters so much that i'm going to kill this other person who thinks the other team is better it should be the archetypal thing of we can have all of those human things that we can't really control and it and it's in a safe environment and no one's going to get hurt the whole concept behind it's a knockout originally <laughs> <laughs> just on frontier the french version uh, a wall without yeah. uh, basically yeah without, yeah, yeah. <laughs> games, yeah. Out, games out frontiers war without tears you should be able to settle wars over a game of football, shouldn't you? If everyone just put all their money into saying, or oh, whatever, let's choose the sport that we're all going to play. Right. Oh, there's a there's a boundary dispute. Whoever wins this game of football gets it. That would be better than bombing the shit out of each other. It's obviously oh, never yeah. going to happen. But, but you know, it, it makes more sense, logically. If we were logically going to start again, you'd go, okay, well, let's have a have a better way of doing this. Thunderdome, I'm in. Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's do it. All those things are interesting. That's, what's, that's what I love about it. And I have come to come back to love sport but not, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to go and watch it anyway. 
Yeah, ridiculous <laughs> extremes. Rich, thank you so much. No, no, thank no you problem. for your time. Really appreciate it. And Joe, I, I was listening to. Can I have my ball back? Oh yes, your newest one of the podcasts. Yes, new podcast. Yeah, amazing. Amazing piece of work. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. So that's on the Rahalaspur feed as well. So if you get, if you just go wherever you get Rahalaspur at the moment, we're just putting them out on, on that. We'll probably give, we'll probably will give it a dedicated channel at some point. But yeah, it's obviously based on my experience by, by my book. But I'm interviewing other people with one ball and uh, and experts and stuff. So it's been really interesting to do it. I got one with Bob Champion, so that was really great. So I met Bob Champion, wow. who lost a testicle in the very early days. Mm. Mm. of uh, chemotherapy he was one of the first people who ever had the kind of chemotherapy and it was what was his horse called Al? Aldeniti yes See? I only know that because as I was doing the links my producer had found out there was a film of his life story called Champions with him winning the Grand National after losing a testicle and it, he John Hurt played him Kirsty Alley's in it Aldeniti plays him him yeah. or herself, really? themselves, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but basically everyone, everyone apart from Bob Champion is dead. So everyone who's in Champions is dead. So Bob Bob Champion has survived longer <laughs> than all the people film. in the film Champions, and wow. and and, and Aldenity as well. Brilliant. So that's it, it's an, that's an absolutely incredible justice. <laughs> 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 it's absolutely incredible. You know, he was he should have he got it really late. He only found out about it because he had he was having a relationship with a vet. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well been there. I think that's what it was. Who noticed? <laughs> I might have got mixed up. Listen to the podcast, but I think that's that might have been. Oh, I hope that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true. Thank you so much, Rich. Thanks, really my pleasure. Appreciate your time. No, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. That is part two of Richard Herring. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if that has uh, whetted your appetite and you want the extra half hour, head over to patreon.com slash distantpod or get yourself involved in our Spotify Extra, which has also got the extra half hour. Search for the Social Distance Sports Bar Extra on Spotify. See you next week. Mm-hmm.